You're listening to Seeing the Sequel, the movie podcast about sequels to films that were never made. Probably for good reason. This week, we are talking about 2020's Oscar winner, Nomadland. Directed by Chloe Zhao, starring Francis McDormand. And, as ever, alongside me, three men who... I don't ever say a final goodbye. I always just say, I'll see you down the road. I've got Al, I've got Joe, and I've got John. Welcome back, guys. As you know, each episode, we've got to talk about the film. We've got to come up with a plot. We've got to do the cast. We've got to do the director. We've got to do the title. We've got to do the pitch at the end. Can we make it to a sequel? Well, this week, uh, we're talking about Nomadland, and we've all watched it recently. Just won at the Oscars big, so very topical this week. Uh, Let's go to John for his thoughts on Nomadland. Um, yeah, I'm pretty indifferent to it, to be honest. Um, like I thought it's well made, um, touching, well acted, well shot, but uh, I don't know. It left me a bit cold. I, I think thinking back on it, like tonally, what do films trying to make you feel and how it looks, um, like cinematography, I think it comes across a bit like and i know it's not the same narratively but it comes across as a poorer version of terence malick's early films like badlands and days of heaven which are which have these beautiful vistas and these sort of tragic characters and they're sort of surviving in this wilderness and stuff um but it just didn't strike me like those films do um and the whole thing about winning the oscars and stuff and what like I, i couldn't really care less about that stuff i've always thought that was a bit of a gimmick anyway um so yeah i don't know i was a bit disappointed in it given that it had won all this stuff and was perceived to be so good it just left me a bit um a bit empty really a bit cold all oh, right cold. Fair news, man. al i mean you're a big fan of this aren't you i think yeah but um humor me and and let me sort of take 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 you through my journey with it so as as you guys know but not all the listeners know um i lost my dad last year and we were close and about a year ago my dad who loved westerns and therefore as a product of that kind of loved modern westerns slash small town america films such as Red Rock West, the John Darr film, U-Turn, um, Hell and High Water. These were all his cup of tea, right? And he, he just, I'd never heard of it. He said, I've, I've, um, I've read about this film called The Rider and it looks, really, I'm really interested in watching it. We watch it with me and of course, you know, I was up for that and we watched it and we loved it. Um, now, a year later, he's gone and her next film, Nomadland um, feels like a progression from that, but I've got, I do feel like I've got, I think I might have been similar to you, John, and said I was indifferent to it if I didn't have a personal connection to it, which is, it's basically, well, it says it, doesn't it? For the people who had to leave, see you down the road. And it was remarkably, I can't believe that this film with that connection to the rider, which is one of the maybe last five or six films I watched my dad, ended up this ended up winning best picture and it was the first best picture winner since he died and so i thought it was absolutely sublime beautiful i was kind of happy that finally a best picture winner had that kind of indie edge i think it was a recognition of a style of filmmaking that hasn't happened yet you know you compare it to like green book which is only like what three years ago i think it is 
there is progression there on the recognition on the sort of scale and the style of films that are, are getting the awards um i agree with john it's kind of is a gimmick but you know still it happened nonetheless so yeah in short um i it, it moved me beyond words um but i do acknowledge that i had a personal connection that not every uh you know uh, viewer might have do you think it's fair to say that you're you're invested in this film? Well, I wasn't particularly going into it. Like I wasn't like, oh, because we watched the rider together, I'm going to love this. So no, I think the short answer is no, but I didn't I didn't know apart from the obvious storyline of it being Francis McDormand. In fact, I didn't know it was going to be a, a dedication to those who are, you know, to those who lose people and those who are lost. Um I didn't know that. So I didn't think that going in. But um, I certainly do now, yeah. Great, man. Well, that's really, that's really nice to hear. That's great. I'm sure your man would have loved it. Cheers, mate. Joe, dude, what are your thoughts? Well, you've, you've made it pretty difficult for me to I, say. I, 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 was, I was just going to I was just going to say. I know you're going to say you hate it, so just do it, mate. Let what, rip. Like, what am I supposed to say now? Like, brilliant. Thanks for letting me go first. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I loved it. I loved how slow and meandering and how, how, how like nothing of a story there was to this film. Um, no, look, I, 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 I didn't hate it. I just felt like, um, I should start this by saying I didn't, I, this is the least I've wanted to watch a film for this podcast. Um, like just every time I thought, Oh God, I've got to watch Nomad Land before. Look, what do you mean? Like, look like hard work. Yeah, I just thought, oh God, it's that time of year again. Like <laughs> lecture time. Sit, sit on down. Get, get ready to be fucking moaned at and lectured at for like an hour and a half of, of nonsense. Now, it wasn't necessarily that. That's how I felt going in. It didn't feel like a lecture at the time um, of watching it. It wasn't as sort of like I don't know politically. Uh, charged as I was expecting it to be. It was actually quite nicely not that film that I was expecting. Just um, human in a way, I guess, yeah. Yeah, and, and I quite like that. Um, I, I, I really couldn't get over some of the sort of, you know, utter wank of uh, the shots. Show, like, you know, I've just like, here's a shot of a rock and some wind and... Uh, <laughs> a shot of the wind it just it just felt like i'd seen a lot of it before like it <laughs> felt it felt like um i don't know like it reminded me of jerry from like 20 years ago if you remember that gus van sant film yeah yeah, j- j- yeah like pretty pretty fun film actually back then um but just utter wank like just just <laughs> such pretentious nonsense it's the um plastic bag scene out of american beauty for two hours (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's how i felt about it anyway i wasn't finished what i liked about it was i think it won all the cinematography awards right because it looks amazing but was it appropriate it just looked like a music video like every shot looked like a music video which is fine looks great but I, i don't think it really added anything to uh, well, anything. I didn't. I I, I didn't like I'm, the film. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm I'm not as sort of vehement against it as that. I thought it was all right. I didn't think it was. Didn't think it was wank. Um, yeah, I thought it was maybe. No, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to be preachy. I, I think it could have been preachy with the Amazon and the kind of paid the pro- poverty 
employed poverty. What do they call that? Wage poverty. Um, you know, people that are in work, but still in poverty. Um, but it wasn't that really, was it? Like it did touch on that stuff, but it didn't, it didn't sort of just linger on that. It wasn't preachy. It didn't get up in its soapbox and say, Amazon are terrible. When it the certainly is- wasn't the preachy film that I was expecting it to, to be. And I, I think part of the reason why I thought it was going to be like that was some of the, uh, like promotion behind the film, like seeing Frances McDormand accept the Oscar and doing her very odd, you know, like wolf cry. Um, uh, it just, it don't, don't you think though, I think for me watching it, uh, I echo with some of the thoughts here, but I just think it's, that's the fantastic thing about why we're all here. Different things resonate with different people. Totally get Al's position on this. And if I was in your shoes, I'd be exactly the same. I also get the other two. I think for me, it's, it's good that a film like this wins the Oscar. That doesn't necessarily say that I'm 100% invested in that film, but I think that it's good that a film of this type stands out and wins the best picture. And so you go, okay, right, it's a celebration of cinema. Me this year, The Father was the one that I think should have swept it. Sound of Metal was also incredible. But watching this film, it's I think there are elements of it. It's a good film. And that's, that's as much as I want to say. I think it's what resonates with you. I can see why it won. I can see the cinematography. I can see the storyline. I think it's important to reflect on these types of characters, mildly tragic as well, that, you know, that sort of cast out that way into these remote places. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is what it is. You know, you like what you like and it resonates well, there. Yeah, something to say on the resonance thing. So I think I think that's an important point because... Uh, you know, film is sometimes seen as this passive medium in which you sit there and you watch it and everyone watches it in the same way and then it washes over you and you go out and you have a reaction to it. But the fact that you have a different reaction to it from other people proves that it's active, right? It's not passive. And the fact that a the film A went into L, B, and then it went into me, B, and it produces a C and L and a D and me, you know, a different reaction, proves that there's... <laughs> what um, the oh. fuck are you on about? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that was John's end up there. Just, just before, for more than that. Before we move on, I just think it's important to say about the way she's made these films, though, as well. Like, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying she's a cinematic genius at all. Like, you know, I think Thank it was God. Solid, I think it was solidly made, and I think. But what is interesting is that both this and the rider have cast the real life people who are living these lives. Yeah. And placed, um, and this, it was a progression because she placed two A-listers inside it, particularly one, obviously Francis McDormand, but David Stratham supporting her, inside that real world. Now, I think that is a new way of making films. Like, if you look back to American Animals, which was a big fan of a couple of years ago, that played with documentary convention and sort of put them side by side. Mm. This is sort of very subtly saying, I'm going to put a narrative film almost in it. Now, People can shout at me and say that's been done a million times. I can't think of that many times it has been done where, you know, all the supporting world, such as your sets and your supporting mm. cast, um, are actually are actually playing themselves. And I think that is interesting. Under the skin is one I can think of. But let's, uh, let's move on because we've got to do a sequel to this film uh, that everyone loves, but I think you're entirely right, Al. Uh, and that's why I'm going to go straight to you, my friend, because, mate... We want the sequel to Nomadland. I think you've got it. Hit us. <laughs> well, no, I know I was very sentimental to start with, but don't worry. I'm no, not, no, I'm not, not, I'm not, no, I'm not going to take you down. Um, I'm not going to get the violin out again. So, Oscar um, number two coming. 
That's, that's what we want. <laughs> it's in the it's in the title, isn't it? Nomadland. So a part of me during this film, I kept on thinking, is she going to stumble upon Burning Man or something? Like, is she going to drive into Burning Man and get start partying? Is that what nomads do? Go to a massive Well, it's in the people. desert, isn't it? It's in the fucking desert. Oh, it's what just in I? the desert, yeah. Yeah, it's small enough that you can find it easily, I'm sure. Um, so, Nomadland, I reckon she rocks up with some uh, other friends in vans again and they open Nomadland. Like, you know, think Clark W. Griswold going to Wally World. It's a new, um, <laughs> it's a new, it's a new it's a theme, uh, park. Th- theme park with vans. Nomadland's a theme park. A new, uh, hang on, a theme park with vans. Yeah, imagine you get in your van and you're welcome yeah. to this theme park. And then instead of like you, instead of sitting in a seat in a roller coaster, your whole family drive the van into like oh. a big train. Gets cla- gets gets like clamped. the Eurostar. They're very similar to the Eurostar. What you've done is you've come up with a car park. <laughs> no, but it fucking goes. You've fat. come up with a it, car ferry. It is actually. That's what it'd be sold as. Car park, but goes fucking fast. Like, you know, strap in and feel the G's, baby. Um, Joe's got... Go on, Joe, you're looking at Al quizzically. Well, pick up? I, I really struggled. I somehow didn't come up with... Um, come up with that. You said, obviously, we're going... <laughs> we're obviously, we're going theme park. Vanland. Vanland! No, no. No, nomad world. It opens its doors. Um, and but, that look but, on your face, no, if it's like, why, why didn't everyone else come up with this idea? But but I just want to just want to re-emphasize this. The deal is, you can never get out the van. So if you want food, <laughs> you have to like wind the window down and get a drive-through. If you want to go on the roller coaster, you drive the van onto a big train that like the I, Eurostar. I thought you were going to say after the Burning Man thing, Nomadland was like a festival. I did as well. I thought yeah. you could, she's going to start a music festival to raise money. Yeah, but I just thought that was a that is Burning Man. And then we're not raising money necessarily, but like that, you know, so trading. Yeah. Um, Okay. I, I, uh, it's it's different to what I had. I'm I'm sure we'll go down Al's route. I I, I thought, um, (laughs) why are you sure of that? Well, because, because, (laughs) because my idea was a bit of a, um, like merging of, uh, two worlds of, uh, nomad land and, and mad max. Uh, and she sort of like fucking guns up. Her, uh, what's her truck called in the movie? I can't remember. Oh, she gives it a name, doesn't she? Oh, um, I want uh, to call it Princess, but it's not Princess. No, it's, a name, it's an actual name. Um, right, well, this time she calls it something like Max. fucking... Uh, bad motherfucker. Bad motherfucker, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favourite real and name. She's, yeah, and she's got like, you know, guns that come out the side of it and she's done it in order, you know, to, to uh, wreak Why? vengeance. Why would she possibly do this? Vengeance <laughs> upon uh, the, the, the company that shut down uh, the, the um, what is it, a, a rock? Steel uh, or something. Factory. Listen, it metal? It's, a ste- it's a steel uh, plant and the whole... Sheet the, steel, Sheet, sheet rock. I think which is we should be, which is real as well. That happened, I think. So we should probably be delicate about that as well. I never thought I'd say this, but I really want to hear what John's got to say. Well, my idea is actually not wilds, wilds sort of distance from Joe. So at the end, you know, she just like walks out of her house and she just like walks into the snowy bit in mine. And there's a mountain range in the background in the in the distance. Uh, in mine, she just keeps walking. She just keeps walking. She walks for like a week. She crosses her mountains. What does she find on the other side of the mountains? Fucking Middle Earth. She's walked 
to Lord of the Rings and, like, <laughs> and, and not just like Middle Earth, but like the story of the Lord of the Rings. Like there's Gandalf the Grey there. Like, so it's like this pre Lord of the Rings. It's not, it's not like Gandalf the White, it's pre Lord of the Rings. And then Gandalf's like, hello, I'm going to the Shire. And then she decides to go with him. And then it's like an alternate Lord and of the Rings. And it's, and yeah, I like that. And it's not half assed. It's, 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 oh, Ian, like it? it's yes. Ian McKellen. Like it's the, <laughs> it's the original cast of yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings. And, yeah. and it's, um, and it's going to be directed by Peter Jackson and it's just going to be almost alternate history of it but with francis mcdormand in that's and the van. basically it's the battle of helms deep and the van just out of the blue just, just charge like in fact we use the exact footage from the two towers it's battle <laughs> battle of helms deep but somehow yeah, out yeah. of nowhere the van on, just charges yeah, yeah. on the sixth day look for me to the east and instead of gandalf it's this fucking van comes along right I think there are uh, yes. I like it because I I, I like Do it. I, I I feel like it's more fun than what the most likely sequel to Nomadland would be, which is probably something like a seventeen-hour live experience <laughs> where Francis McDormand uh, shits at the side of the road <laughs> for like fifteen hours of the movie. <laughs> While they cut away to like shots of close ups of bugs and water and rocks being fed right, by it the wasn't, ship. It wasn't too long ago, Joe. You, you used these really venomous words to say, I'm disappointed in you for liking the Avengers. Yeah, that's what you said to me. You looked me in the eye and, and you said that and you looked at me in a way that suggested, I mean this. <laughs> I'm disappointed in your attitude towards this. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Maybe it's just come at the time of year where, I mean, look, I. I like Tree of Life, okay? And if we're talking like utter sort of like, you know, wank, that, that's <laughs> Damn it. Damn right, mate. Um, I thought that was great. but Right. Well, well go on, sorry. <laughs> but I, I think something about this just didn't gel well with me. Maybe it's that time of the year where films come out, it's Oscar I, bait season, uh, it feels like, you know, open your mouth for some medicine time. I went in not feeling great about it and I came out feeling like there was absolutely no ser- story there whatsoever. Um, Right, wow. I think I think basically I think what you're touching on is that we can all be a bit like this as well as I'm and I know I am actually is I'm basically cynical about award season on a whole like if it wins best picture I'm kind of slightly against it if I haven't seen right, it yet do you know what I mean it. do you know what I mean yeah. okay well look we need to pick something right because we've got three ideas and they're all very good ideas and everyone's very happy <laughs> with them but we've got two ideas which are slightly ridiculous and we've got ours go on uh, john go on yeah well well i think we've got three kind of ridiculous ideas ours is like less ridiculous by comparison but it's still a theme park where you can't get out of the van um which is a bizarre I, I twist do... <laughs> by the way Al. why can't they get out of the van <laughs> because she lives in. In, lives in the van babe so um you know it's oh, just be... it's a celebration of vans like of, yeah, of the nomads because she lives in the van what they've done because she lives in there is that they've done a whole theme park around her living in a van but everyone has to stay in the van. And I like the I idea think, of them building it and you couldn't build it by getting out of the van. So everyone uh, had to drive their vans around and lean out the window and like, you know, mallet fucking, no, yeah, mallet fucking, you know, what roller coaster tracks. Can, I, can I interject here? Because I think we, we need a, not, not so focus is the right word, but I think we need something. I think that there's a story in the fact that she keeps, she circled back round to that town at the end, which was sort of... Uh, derelict now and desolate because the industry shut down and everyone moved on so she has made her peace with that she went to the factory she picked up and then she's gone 
But I think, you know, it's a question now of what is she looking for? What has she got to do? What does she feel compelled to do? She was compelled to go on the road to leave that life behind. She went on a journey, came back to it, made peace, got rid of her belongings, and then went off again. Now she's going in search of something. So I think that there is a maybe a story of her settling down somewhere. To me, it's almost like she arrives at the coast, through the deserts of the coast, maybe San Francisco, maybe somewhere like that. And I think it's, it's a simple story of her picking up a life Perhaps she opens a shop, perhaps. No? I think it's part of that. I think she actually needs a purpose. But I think it works that she goes to that town at the end. It's, it's derelict, it's run down, it's, it's abandoned, like you say. Um, but her, her, the way that she, gets, she then gets meaning is that she decides to bring the people back. So she buys or just takes ownership of those plots that are now presumably worth nothing less than nothing and she bulldozes them and she builds this theme park and it's not too it sounds crazy but it's not too dissimilar to how like las vegas was started nevada had no money had nothing and then they moved the casinos in to bring the people into that area now we're doing the same thing but with a theme park john you've hit a nail on the head what about if she turns that town into a refuge for everyone that she met on the road to all those people that are travelling, looking for somewhere, that keep getting moved on, that don't feel like they can connect. You've got a town sitting there that's derelict and desolate and no one's in it. And that is perfect for a rejuvenation and start again with all of her friends. So she could set up town and then go off to find them. I think you've. I think we're getting somewhere here and it's it's a combination of Nomadland and, uh, uh, you know, as a theme park, uh, maybe not Lord of the Rings, but um, it's... Like you said, oh, maybe she reaches the coast. She needs to be somewhere. The film established she can't do that because she got offered a home and she couldn't face that. So, um, and obviously the last shot is the van down the road again, which obviously determines the fact that she she's going to keep on going and she's lost, but that's all right. Um, so I like that. I like the fact that she actually says, I'm going to open Nomadland in Vegas lights. Nomad world. Well, we can't call it... No, it's annoying because Nomadland, the title's there, but we can't call it that because the film already exists. I hear what you're saying. Nomad World. Um, in a Vegas-style lights, and she re, you know, she rejuvenates. And a lot of people that lost their work in that town can now, uh, you know, sell burgers and be at the kiosks in the theme park. It's a good idea. They can make their own wares as well. You know, everyone, everyone makes something, don't they, to sell or trade. Yeah, yeah I think it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's Burning Man Festival, but... Without the festival, just the idea that everyone, once you're in, like everyone, no, what there is no currency. You trade. That's right, yeah, about Burning Man, there's no currency, right? Yeah. yeah, there's no currency allowed. It's all based on trade. I'll trade you, you know, I don't know, your chair for my inflatable <laughs> mattress. <laughs> How, again, I love that's what you came up with. I'll trade you my dignity. Here I'm, you go. I'm going to the theme park so that I can trade a mattress for an inflatable chair. Well, come on. Let, we, we watched the first movie. Frances McDormand desperately needs a better mattress. Why is she she's sleeping sideways in the van? Not lengthways. It's bizarre. That, well, I think that's... I know what you mean. I, my attitude when I saw that, I was like, huh, that's a better use of space. But if you were, <laughs> tall, if you were taller, it would be an issue. Because No, because... We couldn't, if you're a six foot guy, you won't be able to fit across the van, right? Anyway, she's getting an inflatable mattress this this time. <laughs> Good. Okay, so there's the bones of a story. Well done, we put it together. She go back to rejuvenate the town, to turn it into a refuge or a place where people can go and trade in... By process of doing that, she turns it to nomad world and attracts nomads. By process of doing that, she creates a sort of Vegas thing and it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. So you've got the basis of a structure there for a film. I like that. That is good. 
I would like the town to have a drive-in cinema uh, where they project against a large wall of like the factory that shut down or something. Definitely. That, that, that would, well, to be honest, that would be the first attraction because it's the easiest to achieve with the vans, isn't it, I suppose? So um, that's Just a good to be idea. clear on this attraction side of things, are, we, are, they, are they allowing members of the public in? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think maybe maybe the members of the public have to pay, but if you're a nomad, you don't have to. Definitely, right. exactly. If you've got a van and you're on the road, baby, you're in. Tourists, you're just... tourists yeah. pay. They, they yeah, pay, yeah. yeah. All right. There's a tourist ways, price. How, how about that for a tagline? Tourists pay. <laughs> <laughs> just on the poster in the desert. Like, you know, just a teaser poster. Tourists pay, Nomadland 2. <laughs> you're in their world now. <laughs> okay, so... Cast. I guess what we've got at the moment is Francis and David back and then whoever else you want. I think that's where this um, film um, doesn't lend itself well to us casting. And, you know, yeah, you know so, I think, uh, um, I so I think we I think we allow uh, a lot of unknowns and potential. Could I put one person oh. in it? Can I put Nick Nolte in it? Yeah, him and, Can... him and, him and Gary Busey are there on entry. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I have one as well? I would like Samuel L. Jackson to be a tourist that has to pay but hates paying. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. And then, and then everyone else is, um, you know, playing themselves, and, and they actually are a tourist, and they actually are, um, you know, a, a street vendor and all that stuff. So yeah. So everyone else what- in the cast, right? There's the four people on the poster, right, which are the famous people uh, to help. Uh, sell tickets but everyone else in the movie everyone is playing themselves love that okay fantastic that's really really great okay and i think it's it's a good moral this story it's it's a rebirth it's pulling people together and then it's a celebration so that's that's positive i'm happy with that what are we calling it then nomad world yes nomad world nomad land nomad world Nomad what? World. I think Nomad World lends itself uh, beautifully. You can, I can see, I can see the Burning Man inspired sort of poster <laughs> where you've got like uh, a lit up Nomad World sign um, with you know like lights in the distance. Awesome. Yeah, a bit can similar I- to also like you know um, the the new Snyder films coming out on Netflix soon. What is it? Uh, the Army of the Dead. The um, like they're playing on the the Vegas element there, so you could have like in the dark a really nice Vegas style Nomad World sign, and in and in the distance on the horizon, the lights like the very faint lights of what mm. will be Nomad World. Yeah, it's good, and and also you've just reminded me we should get Snyder on the uh, the four hour uh, cut. Okay, we established um, that one a couple of podcasts ago. Every film yeah. we ever do from now on, <laughs> Snyder jumps in and does a four-hour cut. cut. <laughs> no, well, no, no, leads- no. Another director does the original, but then Snyder will always just do the four-hour yeah. cut for it. Well, that leads <laughs> us to director. I mean, is Chloe back for this? Oh, she'd love to do this, wouldn't she? Big theme park movie, strap him in, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. Well, you, you, you crack a joke, but her next f- movie is The Eternals, uh, which is a Marvel film, which is already, oh, is which is, she's, she was doing them simultaneously. So she's already in the edit for Eternals. It's shot at Pinewood Studios here in wow. England. So, um, so do you think she'd do it, Al? I mean, well, I ju- I'm just saying like, you know, she's not just sticking to the indies. She's gone as big as you can get, basically. Mm. So, so she'll be au fait with using like how to incorporate CGI and green screen and shit, which we're going to need a lot of because I'm just confirming, right? 
And we're definitely having like roller coasters where you drive up when your truck and then you get like that and was, it goes around the roller coaster. That right? was one of my original ideas. I don't know if it stuck. I don't know if it, I don't know if it made. Yeah, okay. Let's keep it. And also, can, if we're keeping that, can I throw in maybe this one could be like experience it in 4D. Like, you know, it's three it's 3D, but also like they they blow like sand into the yeah, yeah, theater yeah. and like and, um, and, and wind rider and, and universal yeah it's got like the smell of shit and, and stuff like that when, i love when, the idea that it's 4d but everything you don't want so they they they, they, they blow in the smell of shit into a movie theater they're blasting sand in your face and you can't and you can no longer see um, there's no water and they take away your bottles of water um, yeah there's no seats you just got sit on the floor Rip out all the seats. Okay, good. So we've established, have we established that Chloe's back? I just think it's such an unusual project and it's such an unusual original. Let's just say it's another Chloe, uh, Chloe Zell Chloe film. Zell. Okay, fantastic. So that leads us to the pitch. Because I felt that we've, we've, we've done the plot to death, really. You know, we've got a boat. The cast is what it is. We've got Nick Nolte, Nick Nolte Gary Boosie, Samuel L. Jackson, David Stratham and Francis McDormand. So they're all in. And then the rest of them is, is, you know, the cast of people who are going to be supporting this film. Maybe we could even donate some of the money to charity for people on the road. It's going to be called Nomad World. Chloe Zhao is going to direct it. It's all there, mate. You've just, done the, you've just done the pitch. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> First time ever. There you go. That's it. Let's go. Let's fucking roll. I haven't done the pitch. I can do the pitch if you want. Oh, I, think we're, I think we're pretty much there, aren't we? Who, who else? Am I doing it? Who wants to do it? Al, go on, it's yours, mate, take it home. Um, in a world, in a world of nomads. Um, okay, so I'll tell you what, just honourable mention to the poster, which was almost excellent for the original with all the different number plates. I was like, it, it wasn't executed brilliantly, but it was a nice idea. Anyway, so she's hit, hit the van and she's, um, she's left uh, the town. Then literally, as soon as... Um, the music uh, ends, which is 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 like uh, the this is England piece, right? It's um, composed by uh, Ludvico. No, wait a minute, Ludvico Ionaldi. I forget how to pronounce it, but that reoccurring piano music is actually kind of a, a, um, by the composer of This Is England. So anyway, as soon as it cuts to black in the original, now the new film starts. We cut back. You turn straight back. <laughs> No one saw it coming. She comes straight back towards us and um, starts building within the van, but outside the windows. Bang, bang, bang. This is that. And she gets, she, you know, she, uh, she gets the megaphone out and she's like, nomads assemble. And everyone uh, comes over and they start making this um, Burning Man-esque park but it's it's like a town but burning man so it's not like a music festival it's for all these people anyone's welcome but it's ran by all the people that live on the road and it's actually a town so there are other buildings there now and they can park their vans outside and stuff like that and so then it becomes like a complete universe and yes there's uh uh what do we say roller coasters where you have to drive your van in there's the Eurostar. there's uh carnivals there's you know all this kind of stuff amazon aren't welcome they don't need that anymore um, and uh, she's the mayor. David Stratham rocks up. She starts trying it on again. She says, no, nah, mate, not interested still. Um, and um, am I forgetting anything? I think we're about there, aren't we? No, we've got Gary Boosie and Nick Nolte just hanging Gary around. Gary Boosie and Nick Nolte. Samuel um, 
Samuel L. Jackson's the really difficult customer, permanent difficult customer. And they're like, just leave, just leave. And he's like, no, I'm staying, but I'm going to complain about everything. Um, and um, all we know is on the poster, it will look beautiful and it'll say Nomad World in like neon lights. And you can just see the faint lights of um, of what is going to become Nomad World, the town in the distance on the horizon. And... I just want to sign off and now I'm going to go off the mic and I'm going to, I'm going to say, Dad, I'll see you down the road. Nice one, Al. Nicely put, my friend. Well, there you go, guys. Well done. Uh, Nomad World. It, it took a turn, didn't it? It took a U-turn. What would you have done? I mean, it was a hard one, I think, but, you know, we got there and that's the main thing, guys. The main thing is that we get there in the end. That's why you follow us. That's what you want. Please don't leave us. But more importantly... We look forward to seeing you next time. All right, guys. Cheers.